is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. By the way, Biden and his people, do they tell the truth about anything? Now they find the cocaine wasn't in this highly trafficked area. It's the West Wing entrance between the old executive office building and the West Wing. You not only need security clearance to get through there, you need somebody to walk you through there who has a badge, a permanent employee. So if you want to see the President of the United States, you don't go through the East entrance, which is where they bring the public tours. You go through that entrance. So somebody on the inside had this Coke, and they had it over the weekend. And they are looking for fingerprints and DNA, they say. They're a little concerned they may not find any. By the way, that Hunter Biden's great at cover-ups, isn't he, Mr. Producer? Now, of course, I'm not saying it's him just because I used his name in the same sentence. In fact, I doubt it's Hunter Biden. Why would it be Hunter Biden? But seriously, it's a huge breach. Massive security breach. So you have in a period of short period of time, you have this uh, pride event or LGBTQ. I, I'm sorry. I live in my own culture, not that culture. There they are. They're showing off fake breasts. You've got that. You've got uh, you got Hunter Biden, who has never met his daughter in Arkansas. Joe Biden and Joe Biden insisting to the staff that they only have six grandchildren when they have seven. Then they're telling us about how you need a village to raise children, which is your typical Marxist claptrap. And parents who really want to be involved in raising their children. The government tries to step in and block them, particularly when it comes to their schooling. But here, Joe Biden, granddaddy, and Hunter, daddy, they want nothing to do with the child. So they figure that, isn't that like everybody else? Man, there's a lot to get into, and we have a couple of great guests. I want to jump into this. Number one, you people are unbelievable. There's been some spin, so I want to get this as clear as I possibly can with Target. 
folks, I'm not looking to turn this into some controversy. I don't need to do those sorts of things. I came to you on behind this microphone. I had just learned from my publisher that Target said it will be banning my book in its stores. In its stores. But of course, I'd have it on Target.com where everybody goes to buy books. Don't you go to Target.com to buy books, Mr. Producer? They're not an online store when it comes to books, ladies and gentlemen. It's you walk through the store, you go through their one aisle of books, and you make a decision. They know that. Plus, they said that they were concerned that the title would, in my words, turn off some of their customers. And so they decided, no, it would not be in the store, but it would be on Target.com. So they told us why. It wasn't because they didn't have room. It wasn't. No. Because they didn't, they didn't like the title of the book. They don't even know what's in the book. And they'll hate the book. But they didn't like the title of the book. The Democrat Party Hates America. And by the way, it's the same time this is going on. Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Books A Million. They're ordering an inventory for book sales. So Target in specific has become this woke Democrat Party corporation. And they're out there. There's a lot of them out there. And so I talked to you about it. I wasn't leading any boycott, of course. But I do believe in the market system and free speech. I'm not even talking about the first one, just free speech. And so I'm pointing out to you, by the way, as a footnote, the president of Belarus, who is a puppet to Putin, says that the head of the mass murdering group uh, is not is not in his country. Must be in Russia. Russia says we're not going to keep track of this guy. You know what that tells me, Mr. Producer? They may have knocked this guy off, or he might be imprisoned. I don't know. Just surmise on Mark's part. So in any event, we, you and I, we had this discussion last night. They picked up on these various sites. Our buddy Paul Bedard was picked up uh, I, 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 so many beautiful sites, Breitbart and so forth, and MRC. Fox was picking up on a number of them. It was starting to spread like wildfire. And my view was, good. That's the market system. Target has its market system. We have our market system. I don't need to run a boycott. Do I personally boycott Target? Yes. I want nothing to do with Target. I don't go there anymore. It's a free speech issue as well. Not a constitutionally protected free speech issue, but a free speech issue. And as I've said, the fusion of free speech and market capitalism it's at the heart of freedom. So you have nimrods and morons on the left going out, and yeah, but you don't think uh, banning books in schools are pro Yeah, I, uh, I don't. Pornography for little kids is a bad thing. Particularly when the government's pushing it. You know, when parents are pushing that kind of thing, they lose their children. Remember that? The good old days? You can't do that to your children. 
But the government schools, they can do it in government facilities and government libraries. Oh, yeah, they encourage it. So for the left, the Democrats, the situation with Target was identical to the situation involving immorality. The abuse of children, perversion, as opposed to free speech in a book that they might disagree with politically. That's how sick they are. If Target were to ban the kinds of books that we have in so many of our libraries, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I don't care who writes them or draws the pictures or takes the pictures or whatever. If you do it online, the cops might arrest you. But if you do it in our public school libraries, hey, Joe Biden says that's taking books off our shelves. That's book banning. He's such a fool, and I'm going to get into that. So what happened today was, in less than 24 hours, Target contacted my publisher, Simon & Schuster. And they basically said, sorry for all the back and forth that we have decided to make a substantial order and to have Mr. Levin's book in our stores. It's a retail operation. It's not an online book operation. So that's thanks to you. It's not that we all organized and did this side or the other. You decided what you wanted to do. And the book is now number two on Amazon. And Walmart jumped in. And Barnes & Noble was in. And Books A Million were. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the biggest conservative author in America in the last 10 years. That's because of you. Not because of me. That's because of you. We have a massive audience. An enormously loyal audience. And by the way, most programmers, most owners of affiliates, they get this. They understand this. They understand your loyalty in a very difficult hour or three hours during the course of the broadcast day. Three hours that have never worked for anyone else, anywhere else. They understand who you are, your power. So I want to thank you folks. I want to thank... Some of our friends on Capitol Hill who jumped in, not at my request. I want to thank our friends of the media who jumped in again, not at my request. I just posted what I posted and said what I said. And you people are so patriotic and so loyal. But it's even more than that, isn't it? Enough is enough. We're sick and tired of this whole thing. Doesn't have to be me and my book. Could be some other conservative author. Could be somebody going to a college campus to speak as a conservative. Could be somebody who is being prosecuted by the federal government who's a conservative. We've had enough of this. ESG for corporations. DEI throughout the private sector and colleges and universities. Targeting people by the federal government. We've had enough. We've had enough. And this demonstrates the strength that you have. The strength that you have in numbers, in resources. It also demonstrates the strength of this platform that I'm on. With our massive audience, TV, radio, digital TV. Millions and millions and millions of patriots on one platform or another, who come here.
This book, I cannot wait. I really believe you're going to love it. I love it. I don't know how else to explain it. I've never told you I've loved the book before. I love this book. I want to get it into your hands as fast as possible. The fast, fastest we could get it out was on September 19th. That said, with the pre-orders significantly increasing, we will have to increase the number of books that we print for inventory to send out to the retail stores, and especially Amazon. Especially Amazon. Because the number of pre-orders now are moving significantly. Some people said, well, you ought to thank Target. I'm not thanking Target. I'm thanking my audience. It's a spark, yes. It's a spark, but in the end... This book is going to have to carry itself. Like a movie in the end has to carry itself. Like a TV show in the end has to carry itself. Like a host on Fox or CNN or MSNBC. In the end they have to carry themselves. All the pre-positioning and talk and all the rest can only go so far. And I am convinced. I know you. I know who you are. You know me. We've been together a long time. That this being my 10th book, that this is the one. That this is the one. And I want to jump into some of these issues today. Most of it has to deal with Joe Biden, unfortunately. Joe Biden's on a victory tour. Bidenomics. Now there's a chapter in this book I told you that talks about language and words and how totalitarians and that would include Democrats use them to deceive, to lie to discredit and nobody's better at this than Joe Biden he is a born serial pathological liar he's never gotten anywhere based on merit never He's always the other guy, we better take him, or let's not take him, he's a moron. Nobody is a bigger demagogue and propagandist than Joe Biden, and I'm going to prove it to you. I can't do it now, i got to take a break. Right after the break, I want to jump into this, I'm going to prove it to you, beyond what you hear typically. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals 
at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Two minutes here. Let me hit this, then we'll take care of Biden. Trust me on this. So we have this story. Harmful chemicals found in nearly half of U.S. tap water. Shocking, isn't it? Frightening. I think to myself, wait a minute. The Environmental Protection Agency has been in existence now for 53 years, over half a century. It has spent trillions, along with other agencies, in taxpayer dollars, for subsidies for its bureaucracies, and regulations, trillions and trillions, massive burden on the economy, farmers, ranchers, you. The ostensible reason is clean air and clean water, right, Mr. Producer? Clean air and clean water. After trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars interfering in our lives, involved in every damn aspect of our homes, of our workplace, of our business, everything, automobiles, their main job to determine if our water is clean and okay to drink, they have failed. According to their own report in the CDC, permanent chemicals that cause certain kinds of cancers and half the tap water in the nation. And you know what the answer is going to be? More government, more spending, more bureaucrats. This is how it always turns out. How the hell is this possible? The answer should be, it's always possible when you turn your lives over to these bastards. Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, okay. Except when it comes to water. Well, then what the hell is the purpose? I'll be right back. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. This is Radio Free America on The Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. 
All right, let the prosecution on radio begin, Joe Biden. Got to be patient with me here, folks. We're going to lay it out. Let us begin with our famous montage of many, many years ago that other hosts have since been using Mr. Produce on radio and TV alike. This goes to the issue of Joe Biden's credibility. Is he a man who tells the truth? Is he a man of character? Or is he a demagogue, propagandist, serial liar? Cut one, go! I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with them. I've written extensively as a, when I was a law professor. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. I was appointed to the academy in 1960. I didn't come to the academy because I wanted to be a football star, and you had a guy named Starback and Bellino here. So I went to Delaware. I got started out of an HBCU, Delaware State. Now, I don't want to hear anything negative about Delaware State here, okay? They're, they're, they're my folks. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits. Only need 123 credits. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like. I am a hard coal miner, anthracite coal, Scranton, Pennsylvania. My dad was not a... Was he was a salesperson. He wasn't a coal miner. My great grandpa was. My first job offer, where I wanted my wife, deceased wife, and I wanted to move to Idaho because we think not a joke. It's such a beautiful, beautiful state. And I interviewed for a job with Boise Cascade. I got a commercial license because my dad used to run an automobile agency. Yeah, I used to drive a tractor trailer. Oh, and, awesome! Uh, and so I know a little bit about. Driving big trucks. It means that I've worked in the East Side. I deliberately went and worked for three years to make sure I was the only guy, only white guy that worked in the East Side. Because, you know, I wanted to understand. I was involved in the civil rights movement. But what I did wanted, you, What did you want to understand? What I want to understand. I didn't realize, for example, as the only lifeguard in the project. Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you. Off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. He said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. I used to be a lifeguard for years. And when I ran for the United States Senate, they said, well, why, why do you want a 29-year-old guy who's only been a lifeguard? Well, the truth was, I was a practicing lawyer. I'd been a public defender, and I had my own small law firm. The first frost, you know what was happening. You had to put on your windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. You know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him. Okay. You better have helicopters ready to take those 3,000 civilians inside the green zone where I've been seven times and shot at. Think of Iraq because that's where my son died. Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge and he won the Purple Heart. And he never received it. So he got him the Purple Heart. He had won it. In the Battle of the Bulge. 
And I remember he came over to the house, and I came out, and he said, present it to him. Okay, we had the family there. I watched what happened when the kids from Parkland marched up to, and I, 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 I met with them, and then they went off to up on the hill when I was vice president, and they went off the hill to go into those neighborhoods. All those congressmen were like, no, I'm not Never here. Happened. I'm not here. I, I'm not, don't, don't tell them I'm around. God's truth, I've traveled over a million, 250,000 miles on that track. And one of the conductors I know for years walked up and said, Joey, baby, grabbed my cheek. <laughs> Uh, not a joke. <laughs> this day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN Never ambassador happened. on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. I swear to God, true story. I swear to God, true story. True story. They think I'm kidding, man. Mm-hmm. Now we think you're nuts, actually. Let us turn to Mr. Producer. He's running for president. Uh, he's asked about uh, 1987 report. Let's play on Biden's plagiarism in law school. Please go ahead. While at Syracuse Law School, Biden was involved in a plagiarism incident. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. He was given an F, but appealed to the faculty and allowed to repeat the course. He got a B. This comes in the middle of another controversy about plagiarism in Biden's campaign speeches. Today, he dismissed charges that he routinely adopts phrases from other politicians' speeches, called it much ado about nothing. Essentially, Biden said, everyone does it. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. But to the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump, for example. But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society. It cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. This is how it sounded when Robert Kennedy said those words in 1968. Yet the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. And of course, he did the same with Neil Kunnick, the Labor Party leader, one time in Britain, and he's done it over and over and over again. And he's lying again today. I want to go to cut number two, Mr. Producer. There's Biden in South Carolina, West Columbia, South Carolina. Can't go to California, can't go to Illinois, can't go to Michigan, can't go to New York, can't go to New Jersey, can't go to the most populous blue states in the nation to talk about the economy. He has to go to the red states where he goes and he takes credit for what's being done in the red states. They're following Reagan. All right, cut to go. Earlier, we heard the leadership of Enphase uh say that $60 million they're investing here. Well, that's 1,800 jobs across the country and up 600 permanent jobs right here in South Carolina. All a direct result of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act I wrote, we wrote and passed. Well, that's, that's the last day of the past where so much money is coming in to make all this happen. And by the way, parenthetically, I want you to you're going to hear about the deficit. Cut the deficit, $1.7 trillion in two years. Nobody's ever done that. Cut the debt, $1.7. Even the hapless, low-rated, 
in the back pocket of the Democrat Party, constipated news network CNN has said this is a lie. Oh, they say it's not true. Not true is a lie. He didn't cut $1.7 trillion. First, out of one side of his mouth, he talks about all the new spending. The other, how he cut. Now, for most of us, that doesn't add up. But Joe Biden's a liar. And it's worked with his base. Lying has been very effective. So he does it. It's not second nature to him. It's first nature to him. The deficit was cut, quote-unquote, by $1.7 trillion because the COVID funds that were spent in the prior years were not passed again. They're gone. In fact, $200 billion of which they don't even know where they went. So that funding for the pandemic is not new funding. And he's claiming that's how he cut $1.7 trillion, he says, through his genius. Nobody's ever done this before. When he gets down like an old man on a corner wearing a raincoat, hey, little girl, then you know he's, he's lost it. In fact, the analyses tell us that but for that fact, Joe Biden's deficit would be far greater than the deficits and the overall debt that he's creating. So he hasn't cut one penny in the deficit. Not one damn penny. And there he's out there claiming that he cut $1.7 trillion. He can't help it. What did he call himself? Corn cob or something? Corn cob can't help it. Corn pop. How's a corn pop? Cereal, right? Corn pops, but you understand. Esther, Esther, get off that platform. I'm calling Joe Esther. He's a tough guy. You know, you got to get on how to talk to tough guys. But I want you to listen to this one in particular. This is a real doozy. Cut four, go. Folks, on a very serious note, when I ran, when I got elected, when I proposed these pieces of legislation, I made a commitment that I'd be present for all Americans, whether their elected officials voted for the events or not. All Americans wherever you voted for me or not. I've kept my promise. In fact, some analysis have said that the laws I've signed are going to do more to help red America than blue America. Well, that's okay with me, because we're all Americans. Because my view is, wherever the need is most, that's the place we should be helping. And that's what we're doing. Because the way I look at it, the progress we're making is good for all Americans. All America. Let me close with this. I'm not here to declare victory on the economy. Oh, okay. I'm here to say we have a plan that's turning things around quickly, but we have a lot more work to do. He really is a, a punk. People are flocking to the South and the Southeast. Here, Bloomberg reports 2.2 million people moved to the Southeast in just over the last two years. Roughly the population of Houston, Texas, just in the last two years. The South is growing. The Southeast is growing. Six fastest growing states, all Republicans. Florida, Texas, Georgia, 
South Carolina, Tennessee, and even North Carolina are now contributing more to the national gross domestic product than the Northeast with its Washington, New York, Boston Carter, according to government figures. The switch happened during the pandemic and shows no signs of reverting. A flood of transplants helped steer about $100 billion in new income to the Southeast in 2020 and 2021 alone, while the Northeast bled out $60 billion based on IRS analyses. That's why the red states are growing. In spite of, despite this clown in the Oval Office. Then I heard our dear friend Jessica Tarloff. I never met her, but she's quite intelligent. But she's a tolerable liberal, you know. Doesn't get under your skin like some liberals, but nonetheless... She made a point that's been made over and over and over again in the years as I've been behind this microphone. And it's been a point that doesn't get answered. That's what I'm here for. Rather than the five, we'll call this the six today. She said the blue states are subsidizing the red states in federal taxes. New York is subsidizing Alabama. The federal government gets more tax revenue from New York than it gets from Alabama. Alabama gets more federal money. I assume she meant per capita or however, than New York. And our dear friend Greg Gutfeld said, I don't know how to answer that. Okay, that's what I'm for. I'm number six. The five, I'm the sixth. Nobody's subsidizing anybody. As I just posted on social media, the federal government runs massive yearly deficits. Massive. We have nearly a $32 trillion debt. It's actually over $300 trillion when you include entitlements. All that means is the money the federal government raises from taxpayers doesn't even come close to the amount of borrowing and spending that's taking place. To the amount of printing that's taking place. It doesn't even come close to the amount of taxes that every pe- person in every state is paying cumulatively to the federal government. New York's not subsidizing anybody. California's not subsidizing anybody. Blue states aren't subsidizing red states. The federal government's subsidizing everything and anything and everyone. Which is why we're going broke. But you see, when things don't make sense, and you know in your gut that it's not true, you know in your gut that it doesn't add up, that a guy's saying he's spending like a drunken Marxist, but on the other hand, he's cutting the debt, you know that can't be true. Or that blue states that are going to hell are subsidizing red states that are, that are growing They're not subsidizing red states. The economic action that's going on in this country, the growth, the prosperity, is happening in red states, not exclusively, but mostly. Because the productive elements, more and more in these blue states, are leaving the states and they're going to red states. Which is exactly why Joe Biden was in South Carolina, taking credit 
for what's going on in a red state and red states when he should be in a blue state taking credit for the depressions that he has created there. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. If we've learned anything over the past two years, it's that unexpected things can happen. For example, average IRA and 401k balances fell 20% last year, according to Fidelity. We didn't expect that. But here's something that could help if you have an IRA or 401k. Physical gold in your IRA. The World Gold Council says even central banks are buying tons of gold. Now, what does that tell you? Learn why many Americans are turning to a gold IRA with Augusta Precious Metals. They're the best. I recommend them to my friends and family. You should call Augusta and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Feels good to know there's another savings option. Diversity is the key. Call Augusta Precious Metals at 8774-GOLD-IRA. That's 8774-GOLD-IRA. 8774-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. The power you have when you're united. The power you have. We've barely touched it. Whether it's Target, whether it's the Democrat Party, whether it's Biden. We haven't even touched it. This is what typical people, quite frankly, in broadcasting and owners even, don't comprehend. This is a movement. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number, 877 I read something. Actually, it was about a year or so ago by Mark Thiessen that I thought was very good. I never got around to this. But as I was doing research for my book, I put it in a special file. And I said to myself, I got to touch this. All of Joe Biden's talk about race. He nominates... Jackson to be the first black woman on the Supreme Court, right? Here's what Mark Thiessen does to remind us from AEI. It's a very good piece. He's an opinion writer at the Washington Compost. So President Biden wants credit for nominating the first black woman to the Supreme Court. But here's the shameful irony. As a senator, Biden warned President George W. Bush that if he nominated the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court, he would filibuster and kill her nomination. 
The story begins in 2003 when Bush nominated Judge Janice Rogers Brown, genius by the way, to serve on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit, the appellate court in Washington. D.C. Circuit is considered the country's second most important court and has produced more Supreme Court justices than any other federal court. Brown was immediately hailed as potential Supreme Court nominee. She was highly qualified, having served for seven years as the Associate Justice of the California Supreme Court. By the way, the first black woman to do that. She was the daughter and granddaughter of sharecroppers, grew up in rural Alabama during the dark days of segregation when her family refused to enter restaurants or theaters with separate entrances for black customers. She rose from poverty and put herself through college and UCLA law school as a working single mother. She was a self-made African-American legal star, but she was an outspoken conservative. So Biden set out to destroy her. Biden and his fellow Democrats filibustered her nomination, along with several other Bush circuit court nominees, all of whom had majority support in the Senate. The late great columnist Robert Novak called it the first full-scale effort in American history to prevent a president from picking a federal judge or federal judge as he wants. Democrats argued that she was out of the legal mainstream, of course. Anybody to the right of Marx is out of the legal mainstream. Republicans responded she'd written more majority opinions than any other justice on the California Supreme Court. And she was re-elected with 76% of the vote, the highest percentage of all the justices on the ballot. Which kind of proves the Democrats' point, doesn't it? It's out of their mainstream. When Democrats derailed her nomination, Bush renominated her in 2005. Brown was eventually confirmed 56 to 43. After Democrats released her and several other Bush nominees in exchange for a Republican agreement not to eliminate the filibuster for judicial nominations. That came around to bite them in the ass, didn't it? Biden voted twice. That is a second time against her nomination. He never explained why. And if Brown was so radical, Democrats let her through but killed 10 other Bush nominees. I know why, because Biden hasn't changed America, as you'll see in the new book. Any more than Lyndon Johnson changed. Any more than Franklin Roosevelt changed. They were all racists. It was about power, that's all. What do you want me to be today so I could be president? The following month when Justice Sandra Day O'Connor announced her retirement, Brown was on Bush's shortlist to replace her. She would have been the first black woman ever nominated to serve as an associate justice on the Supreme Court. And by the way, I think she could have even defined what a woman is. Much more qualified than Jackson in every respect. But Joe Biden went out of his way. He appeared on CBS's Face the Nation to warn that if the Bush, if Bush nominated Brown, she would face a filibuster. He said, I can assure you that would be a very, very, very difficult fight, and she probably would be filibustered, Biden said. Asked by moderator John Roberts, wasn't she just confirmed? Yes, that John Roberts. I love this John Roberts on Fox. 
He is fantastic. Anyway, Biden replied that the Supreme Court is a totally different ballgame because, quote, a circuit court judge is bound by stare decisis. They don't get to make new law. What Biden threatened was unprecedented. There's never been a successful filibuster of a nominee for associate justice in the history of the republic. Biden wanted to make a black woman the first in history to have her nomination killed by filibuster. Bush eventually nominated Sam Alito. Of course, that was fantastic. I know he's not a woman. I know he's not black, but he's still fantastic. Today, Biden calls the filibuster a relic of the Jim Crow era. That's what I mean. This is why I'm doing all this, pulling this all together for you. It's a relic of the Jim Crow era. Well, he's the one who did it. But he threatened to use that relic as a tool to keep a black woman who he eventually, who he actually lived under, who actually lived under Jim Crow off the highest court in the land. The irony is that now he wants to get rid of the filibuster and claim credit for putting the first black woman on the court. This is what he does, Mr. Plagiarism, isn't it? It's what he was doing today in South Carolina, taking credit for all the fantastic policies and hard work of Republican governors and legislators. There were many conservatives on Bush's short list whose legal philosophy Bush Biden opposed, but Biden only promised to filibuster the one black woman. Why? Perhaps a clue lies in another confirmation fight that Biden helped wage. 2001, Democrats blocked the nomination of Miguel Estrada to serve on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. According to internal strategy memos obtained by the Wall Street Journal, and by the way, which appear in a book you may have heard of Men in Black, they targeted Estrada at the request of liberal interest groups who said Estrada was, quote, especially dangerous. Why? Because he's Latino. And the White House seems to be grooming him for a Supreme Court appointment. That's a quote, unquote. They didn't want Republicans to put the first Hispanic on the Supreme Court. So Biden and his fellow Democrats killed Estrada's nomination. The first appeals court nominee in history to be successfully filibustered. This was Biden's strategy. He and Kennedy. Paid off when President Barack Obama nominated Sonia Sotomayor as the first Hispanic justice. See how it works? Democrats' commitment to diversity is a ruse, says Thiessen. Biden was willing to destroy the careers of an accomplished Latino lawyer and a respected black female judge and stop Republicans from putting either on the Supreme Court. For Democrats, it's all about identity politics. It's all about power. Indeed, Biden might not have become president had he not made the pledge to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. That promise helped secure the endorsement of Representative James Clyburn, which won Biden the South Carolina primary and rescued his faltering campaign. So Biden tries to bask in the glory of his historic nomination. Remember, Remember Janice Rogers Brown, the black woman who does not sit on the Supreme Court today because of Biden's Jim Crow-like disgraceful obstruction. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Is this guy not as sleazy as they get? People focus on his old age dementia. 
I mention it sometimes, but I focus much more on his absolute lack of character. This man will do anything, say anything, be anything you want. 1973, a racist segregationist. In 2023, their great white savior. And everything in between. And he doesn't give a damn about you, your kids. He doesn't give a damn about your family. He doesn't give a damn about the damage he does to the country. It's all about Joe. It's all about Joe. And Hunter picked up on that quite well. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. By the way, I said I found that article during all my research on the book. Folks, there's hundreds and hundreds of endnotes in this book. So I am reminded, because I keep little initials on the document, my wife found that document, the Mark Thies piece. So I want to thank her. I want to thank her a thousand times over, because that's a great piece. Now, when somebody's called a distinguished fellow, you look up, because that's a big deal. And in the case of Steve Moore, it's true. Distinguished fellow in Economics Heritage Foundation. Steve Moore, how are you, my friend? Hey, Mark, it's a, it's a privilege to be on your show. I listen to you almost every night on WMAL in Washington. Yes, sir. You are terrific. Thank you, brother. Now, Steve Moore has been uh, one of the great economists for decades. I remember him during even the Reagan years and so forth. He doesn't look it. You know, he looks like a very young man. You and I man. both, we, we yeah. both served for Reagan, didn't we? I mean, you, you uh, I, I was in the Office of Management and Budget under under Jim Miller, and we tried everything we could to balance the budget. We couldn't yes. get Congress to cut spending. But it was, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud. I just want to say one thing, Mark. I've been able to work for the two greatest presidents of the last 50 yeah. years, Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. That's pretty cool. That's true. Very true. <laughs> now, speaking of one of the worst, I want to talk about Joe Biden a second. He's going into a red of red state to take credit for what's going on in that state, South Carolina, and in all the red states. These red states, according to Bloomberg, they're depopulating at a scale we've never seen before these blue states are. 2.2 million have left in two years. Business is moving into these red states. These red states aren't run by Joe Biden. They're run by Republican governors and legislatures. And he's going, he's taking credit for them. How do you square his record and what he's done nationally 
with his claims of all this great growth and economic activity in these red states? Yeah, well, first of all, nationally, there's not much growth at all. Of course, you know, the last six quarters, the economy has grown at just a little over 1%, which is pathetic. We should, if we just stuck with the Trump policies, we'd be growing at 3 or 4% right now. So this is hardly, uh, there's hardly uh, an excuse for uh, Biden trying to take a victory lap on the economy when the average family has lost about 3500 to $4,000 in real income since Biden came president. By the way, that number was a positive $6,500 increase in income for the middle class when Trump was president. So That's a $10,000 swing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, almost all of the gains that were made under Trump have been erased uh, under Biden. Now, you made a really interesting point, which is that, uh, that we're really two countries right now. I mean, I don't say that with any uh, joy, but we are red state America and we're blue state America. And the red states of the country for the most part, are doing extremely well. There are six states uh, in the South that are carrying much of the rest of the economy on their shoulders. And those states are, let's see, I think I can remember them all. Florida, Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina. And I think I may have left out one, but there's one other state that account. Now, here's an amazing thing. Those six states that I just mentioned, Mm -hmm. their GDP, their contribution to the economy is larger now than the Northeast, which used to be the hub of the financial industrial sector of the United States. Now, correct me, which party, or explain, which party runs that that part of the country? (laughs) I mean, you've got just dysfunction in these states like New York and Connecticut and New Jersey and Maine and uh, Rhode Island. They're they're run not just by Democrats, but by pretty radically liberal Democrats, and they've run these states into the ground. Now, Mark, you may or may not know that I um, I was born and raised in Chicago, uh, near the in the Chicago area, which I love Chicago. I think it's one of the great cities. Well, let me say this. It was once one of the greatest cities in the world. Not so much anymore. I mean, Chicago. By, by the way, the I can identify. Here. I grew up in Philadelphia. Yeah, same thing. Philadelphia is being ruined by progressive. But while we're on this subject, you know, when you used to ask, you know, progressives or liberals, well, point to a place where things are going well. In, in the places that you rule, they would point Portland and San Francisco and Seattle. Have you been to those cities lately? Mm. <laughs> They're basket cases. I was to one of them, and I stepped in it. Yeah. So, San so Francisco. San Fra- Even Union yeah. Square is disgusting. It's unbelievable what they've done to that town. Did you read, uh, I don't know if you get our hotline we put out every morning, uh, but Mark, I have to get that to you. But we had an item to this morning. I, I honest to God truth, I'm not making this up, Mark, and I bet a lot of your listeners are going to have to say, Steve Moore's making this up. It is not that they have a commission on how to deal with, you know, more racial equity. And one of the things they want to do is decriminalize urinating on the street corners. They effectively have. <laughs> they've probably already done it. I mean, I they mean, moved from yeah. urinating to pooping now. I mean, they're they're working right. up the scale. Right. I mean, so these these cities are being ruined by progressive left wing policies, high taxes, terrible schools, um, the the fact that they cannot control the crime. You know, uh, when I was at the Wall Street Journal, I spent ten years at the Wall Street Journal, and I used to go up each week to New York, and this was when Rudy Giuliani was became mayor of New York. And I could see almost every week the improvement in that city mm-hmm. because he got rid of the graffiti. He got rid of the petty crime. 
People, it was a pro-business policy. So you get the policies right. And, and Stephen Moore, just to add, and now they want to get rid of Rudy. They want to. They do exactly. All the policies that Rudy put in, in place in New York have been reversed, and now the city's mm -hmm. a mess. So you know, you want to see growth in the economy. You want to see where people are happier. Uh, they're younger. They're more patriotic. It is red state America. It's the, mm -hmm. the state. Uh, I do a, re, uh, a rating every year for ALEC on the state that has the best economic climate. And you know, Mark, which state has come out number one every year for 15 years? Let me think. Don't say. Utah. I was going to say Florida. Okay, Utah. Okay. Well, Florida's like number three, but Utah yeah. has come out number one. It's the youngest state. Mormons have kids, unlike you know, many other places when there's a shortage of yes. kids. And Utah is a, is a great place. Idaho is doing well. Florida is doing well. Texas, Tennessee. By the way, Florida, Texas, and Tennessee, Mark, what do those three states have in common? I've been to all three. No income tax. <laughs> No state income tax. You think yep. that doesn't matter? I have a friend who moved from Matters Manhattan. to me. I'm talking to you from Florida right now. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I have a friend who just moved from Manhattan to Florida, uh, to Miami. <laughs> I mean, not Miami, to Palm Beach. And by the way, Palm Beach is not a cheap place to buy a house. No. He saved, more, he saved so much money on his taxes that he was able to buy his house in Palm Beach just on the money he saved from New York taxes. Steve Moore, don't hang up. I have some more questions for you, my friend. I'll be right back, America. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Steve Moore, Distinguished Fellow in Economics Heritage Foundation. Now, Steve Moore, how can Joe Biden claim that he slashed deficits by $1.7 trillion and yet massively increased spending against the opposition of the Republicans? I'm all confused here. Well, I mean, because he's lying through his teeth on that one. Uh, he gets a Pinocchio that's so long it could hit the ceiling on that. Uh, and he says it over and over again. Nobody in the media ever challenges him on this, except for people like you, Mark. But here, here are the facts. I mean, Biden came in. Uh, obviously, we had a big deficit in 2020 because of COVID, where we shut down wrongly. We shut down the American economy. So uh, the, the deficit through a lot of Democrats roof. shut it but, down their states. Well, they did. Like and Republicans, unfortunately. But yes. but the fact is that and let me just give you an example. In the last two and a half years, the two and a half years that Joe Biden has been president, we have borrowed over six trillion dollars. 
six trillion. Uh, this is he is easily the most financially reckless president in American history. In the last 12 months, even with COVID long over, the but the, you're not going to believe this, uh, Mark. The, the United States government, in just the last 12 months, under this fiscally conservative president, has borrowed 2.1 trillion dollars, <laughs> which is one of the worst records on, uh, in the history of the United States. So how can he get away with saying this? Because nobody in the media ever challenges him. Uh, it's the same thing with the jobs. He said, oh, look at all these jobs I've created. Mark, 94% of the jobs that have been created under Biden were just jobs that came back when we opened up the economy after COVID. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. And he's running around attacking the Reagan economy, which yeah. was, the, I think, if not the biggest, one of the biggest massive explosions of economic growth in American history. It, it is so interesting to me that the that the left feels like they have to discredit Reagan, even after all these years. Uh, and anyone who's old enough to have lived through that period, it, you remember what the economy was like during Jimmy Carter, don't oh, you, yeah. Mark? Oh, yeah. It was a catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, every time you went to this, everything was marked up. You think inflation is bad now. My mortgage rate was 12.5%. Only 12.5%. Some people <laughs> faced mortgage rates back then of 18%. Uh, the economy was in complete wreckage. Reagan put in a policy of deregulation, lower tax rates, budget control. Uh, and get, remember, Reagan very famously said in that debate against Jimmy Carter, uh, you know, government is not the solution. Government is the problem. And that's why the left hates him, <laughs> because he, he said government is the problem. And the economy exploded. We had an 18-month period under Reagan, 83, 84, where the economy grew by almost 14%. I mean, it was like a miracle. Unheard of. Uh, how much the economy grew under Reagan. So they're, they keep saying trickle-down economics. Middle-class families did better. Everybody did better under Reagan. It was, it, and he, he not just, you know, he not only rebuilt the American economy, he, he rebuilt the entire Western industrial world. Uh, Steve Moore, I've heard it said that Joe Biden is actually confusing that phrase, trickle-down, for his own uh, bathroom habits. <laughs> <laughs> no, have no. you heard that too i have not heard that one <laughs> wow this is this is what i hear i don't know if it's true i just assume it is so he's got well, trickled you know, down he, he can't get term. it out of his mind what <laughs> well they use that term trickle down economics and remember uh they call it voodoo economics and oh, i'll yes. never forget reagan you know one of reagan's great quotes in in 1984, when he was running for president, he, you know, for re-election, when he he won, he squeaked by, winning 49 of 50 states. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "I knew Reaganomics was working when they stopped calling it Reaganomics." So, what do you make of this jerk calling Bidenomics? It's all propaganda, well, right? They, it's propaganda. They think that this is a they they actually believe that their policies are working, uh, Mark. I mean, what has happened to our debt? In this country, when, when, you know, when I came to Washington, and I don't know when you came, I came in around 83, 84, uh, the entire national debt at that time, Mark, was about $1.8 trillion. Do you know what it is today? $31.8 trillion. Mm-hmm. Biden has put it, has added $6 trillion in two and a half years. Under the rate, most recent forecast, we're headed to $50 trillion. Even that budget deal that they made with the Republicans, you know, there were some good parts of it. But instead of borrowing, you know, eight trillion over the next 10 years, we're only going to borrow seven point five trillion. 
This isn't going to end well, is it, Steve Moore? This will cause a financial crisis at some point if we continue. I can't say when it's going to happen. I can't say it's going to happen in three months or six months or a year or two or three years. But this story does not have a happy ending. Uh, When you have out-of-control government spending, when you have out-of-control government debt, uh, debts have to be repaid. Uh, This is putting us in an incredible hole. And every day this president is in office and he goes around the country telling people how well the economy is performing, no, and, but the good news is, Mark, most two thirds of Americans don't believe this for one second. Every every poll shows two thirds of Americans believe the economy and the country is headed in the wrong direction. And they're right. Let, it is. headed. Let me in the wrong ask direction. you to step out of your lane a, a touch. See if you're willing to address this. This is why I get so furious with the Chris Christie's and the Asa Hutchison's and the Chris Sununos. They act like they'd rather Joe Biden win re-election than Donald Trump get the nomination and win the election. And I'm thinking to myself, are you not seeing what we're seeing? Are you out of your minds? And we have a, a, you know, maybe 10, 20 percent of the the rhinos of the Republican establishment types, whatever you want to call them, who view things this way. Isn't it frightening? Well, I worked on I was proud that I worked on the 2016 campaign with Trump. And I've got to tell you, all those people were against him back then. Mark, remember mm-hmm. how many, True. you know, they were all against him in 2016. They can't they said he can't win. He can't win. You know, they said he's at one point. The, the all the prognosticators say they had one in 100 chance of beating Hillary Clinton. Remember that one in 100 chance. But he's so been president. Say, can't they give him credit for what he did? And his economic record was spectacular. I mean, if it had not been for COVID, he would have won a Reagan-style re-election. And that's why I wonder about where COVID really came from, because it was certainly uh, convenient for the Democrats that that happened when it did. You're not allowed to talk about that in the Biden regime, remember? Oh, I do. In the media. They don't want to talk about it, but now it's quite obvious. It came out of the lab that the communist Chinese military had a presence in the lab. They have a presence everywhere. It's not some kind of a free country. Oh, it's the scientists. Don't meddle with them. And uh, I'm not saying they weaponized it. But let me ask you a question, Steve Moore. Why wouldn't they? In other words, it's not like they're restrained somehow. They're building a military to destroy us. So why wouldn't they at least work on on these kind of bioweapons? I mean, why do people assume they wouldn't? And of course... The, the, who, who does China not want to be in the White House? <laughs> Donald You're Trump, right? right? You're they right. did everything they could to get rid of him because he was the first president in 30 years to stand up to China and recognize them as the villain and the enemy that they are. And so, you know, by and the way, right now... who did they now, want to Janet be in the Yellen, White House? Pardon me? And who did they want to be in the White House? Yeah. Well... I, Paid a yeah, lot of money, I, you know. Of course. Yeah, of course. And and right now, our Treasury Secretary is over in uh, oh China and Beijing sucking up to the Chinese. It's like he's sending cabinet secretary over there. You got a whole conga line and Neville Chamberlain's going over there. Can you please, please? And they're saying, OK, fine. Next. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Steve Moore, if people want to follow you more, where do they go exactly? Is there somewhere to go? Do you have a site? Well, yeah, I hope everybody will get our, and you need to get this, Mark. I'm going to ask Send your, it to me. your producer, you, our, our hotline we put out every morning. You can read it in five minutes. New Gingrich says it's the first thing he reads every morning. Go to Committee to Unleash Prosperity website, and you can get it for free. So, Mr. Producer, let's put that on our social sites. The one social site we're not on is Facebook, because I can't stand that little, that little nerd. And, uh, 
And definitely let him know where he can send it to me. And thank you, Steve Moore. We really appreciate you, buddy. Okay, Mark. Have, have a great weekend ahead. Take care. You too. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. $20 a month. What about the coverage, you ask? It's phenomenal. I'm on it. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the nation. Just go to puretalk.com and use promo code LEVINPODCAST to get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data. Just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk's amazing U.S. customer service team will make switching very easy. So choose a veteran-owned company that cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Go to puretalk.com. Use promo code Levin Podcast for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. Again, when you go to puretalk.com and use promo code Levin Podcast, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. National Legal and Policy Center is one of the great policy centers in America. And I've had a number of very, very dear friends, solid as can be, who have worked there over time. Pete Flaherty has run that foundation for as long as I can remember him. Uh, And uh, just just terrific. And so they put out a statement today that I want to share with you in their Corporate Integrity Project. You might remember Pete, he goes to these various corporate board meetings and he stands up and he confronts these corporatists. Remember that video, Mr. Producer? He confronts them. It's got guts, always has. But he wants you, the American people, to know about Unilever. So he sent me this exclusively and it'll be available as soon as I'm done. Unilever is this massive conglomerate, global corporation. And he says here, it's stop. Uh, Bert, what, hold on one second, folks. Stop. Uh, what is that ice cream? Oh, stop Ben and Jerry's. Stop Ben and Jerry's dot com. And these are the guys we want to turn to. Groups like this who do, you know, there's others, Landmark Legal, Legal Insurrection, many others. But I want to highlight National Legal right now. Unilever cannot hide its collaboration with the Nazi regime in Germany. There's a reason for this. Stick with me. Stick with me. In the 1930s and 40s, despite resulting from a merger of English and Dutch companies in 1929, Unilever sought and enjoyed a mutually beneficial relationship with the Nazis. Unilever invested in a large number of German businesses central to German rearmament including shipbuilders that produced U-boats. As Unilever's founder, Chairman Paul Reikens, put it, in Germany, we are a German firm. Sounds like a lot of American firms today in China, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Unilever replaced Jewish managers and supervisory board members of its German businesses and acquired a number of firms expropriated from Jewish owners as part of the Nazis' uh, Aryan program. In the immediate wake of Kristallnacht, 
Unilever was allowed to acquire a secret minority position in the Jewish-owned banking house, A.E. Wasserman. Chairman Rikens wrote, quote, The fact that we are only sleeping partners will restrict not only our actual liability to this amount, but also our moral responsibility. You believe this? Hold on, it gets better. Which means it gets sicker. Unilever only abandoned the Nazis after Germany invaded Reichen's home country of the Netherlands and the Dutch government fled for London. Now why do we care about Unilever today? Because they bought Ben and Jerry's more than 20 years ago. And they point out under ridiculous terms that allowed the ice cream maker to continue to advance its so-called social mission on, under its own untouchable independent board. The parents sold off the subsidiary's business in Israel last year over a dispute about refusing to sell its products in so-called occupied territories. So Unilever bought Ben & Jerry's. Ben & Jerry's. The iconic, America-hating ice cream maker. And as they point out, it re-entered the news stream on Independence Day by ignoring the sales of its products and, and the celebration of our country, and instead calling for the return of indigenous lands, now Mount Rushmore, to the Lakota tribe that were allegedly stolen from the U.S. But of course... Ben and Jerry's has no problem with the Israelis, that is the Jews, surrendering their indigenous lands to the Palestinian Bedouins and terrorists and so forth. No problem at all. But I wanted you to know that Unilever and Ben and Jerry's had a financial relationship for several years. Unilever having helped subsidize the Nazi war machine and of course, Ben and Jerry is now giving aid and comfort to the Palestinian terrorist regime. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. And it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a fully, I'm not joking. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. I, I'm not going to be a mule. I, 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 I got something to do. I got to go do boom, boom, boom. Chuck Graham, state senator's here. Chuck, stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. Oh, God love you. What am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. 
I tell you what, stand up for Chuck. A man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive as your dad passed. God bless her soul. Because we cannot get reelect, we cannot win this reelection. Excuse me, we can only re-elect Donald Trump. At any rate, uh, the fact is that, uh, um, I even forgot what the hell I was going to say. I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts. What are they, can you get a funny, the ghost track? They have an eye. It calls, when, if you, they just gave, you gave them. Quit the, the withdraw, bringing U.S. home troops from home. And, and, and the, the, the. But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. Um, you know, the, the, that, it was, the, 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 I mean, they, 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 they said that. Look, the, 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 yeah, the. Why is a strip? Why is it him? Why, I, 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 I didn't. If we, if we, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it, 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 it. We can walk and chew gum. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. True and international average of pressure. Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, to confidence in the integrity. Private private uh, 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 economic. Up. No, 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 don't let, let them. You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? Bridges and those bonds that are collapsing. And, you know, it is, it is, um, it is, you know, it is not, uh, it is a, it is. Happy birthday, dear Valley. Part of the, um, the, um, uh, Mr. The, the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 I do some of you to some of the leadership of. Katanji drowned Jackson. You docs are good, but there's any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. God save the queen, man. I play that almost to entertain myself, but I think it's very entertaining. There's your Democrat ruling class. Those are the elitists. You want to decide what to do with your children, your culture, your vote, the border, your economy. There they are. They don't have seven IQs among them. Seven IQ among them. Nothing. But I love that. Speaks for itself, you know. So the whistleblowers. Notice how I moved right on. The IRS whistleblower, the supervisory agent, he's come under attack. By Hunter's lawyers. By the way, if Hunter's broke, who's paying for them? Is my guess. Shanghai. Anyway, so um, they're calling this guy, I forget the whistleblower's name now, Mr. Shabley? Shapley. Uh, doesn't appear that way, but nonetheless, Gary Shapley, a disgruntled 
former IRS employee. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've tried multiple occasions to get Mr. Shapley on this program. Have we not, Mr. Producer? We have tried multiple occasions to get one of his lawyers on this show. Have we not, Mr. Producer? We have tried multiple occasions to get the other of his lawyers on the show. Have we not, Mr. Producer? We also have tried to get them on my Sunday Fox show. Silence. Not a word. Am I too hot or something, Mr. Producer? But I'm just letting you know, we've tried and tried and tried to no avail, and we will not try again. But we will still cover this objectively. Why are they all afraid of me? I don't even understand that. What's to be afraid of? Well, it might hurt our credibility. Excuse me, it would build your credibility. You're the one that's going under whistleblower status. Here I am. Name, rank, serial number right in front of the American people. And of course, the way I do interviews on this program, Mr. Producer, as well as my Sunday show, they're top-notch interviews. I let them speak. So I would say to Mr. Shapley, why are you scared? To his lawyers, what's your problem? You're smart. You can speak. There's 14 and a half million people who listen to this program. Many of whom are not watching Fox or watching some other show or listening to some other radio show. Why would you deny your client access to this program? It's nuts. Or to the number one primetime talk show on cable news TV for Saturdays and Sundays, Life, Living, and Levin. Why would you not do that? Seems to me that's almost kind of a form of malpractice, I would think, particularly when you're doing a battle over whistleblower and public relations and so forth. I don't mean legal malpractice. I just mean it's stupid. You're still welcome to come on. You'll be treated with respect. You'll be treated than you were better than you were by the Democrats, I can assure you that. I know what it is, by the way, Mr. Producer. Didn't these guys represent the don't mention his name, whistleblower in the Ukraine case. While I'm speaking, you want to double check that? Just Google it. I think they did. If I'm wrong, I so deeply apologize. But his name was Eric something or other. It doesn't matter. I mentioned his name. Carmela. That's right. And uh, Paul Sperry exposed him and then some others exposed him. Of course, we were the first on radio to repeat it. Don't. Don't mention his name. New York Times wouldn't publish his name. Even conservative media. Oh, I'm wrong. Mark Zaid. Well, then what's their problem? They're not Mark Zaid. That putz. Excuse me. That lawyer. (laughs) I don't know what the problem. But you know what? It's not about me. It's not about... As long as we can get to the truth, and he is very brave to do what he's done, and I've said that over and over and over again. And I wish them all the best. They'll continue to get air cover from this program. By the way, the Russians keep interfering with our drones, with our jets, in areas 
uh, in the uh, if, but that they do not own or control. And I understand that the Biden administration gave them a very firm rebuke, Mr. Producer, and told them, don't do it again. I'm telling you, folks, I heard Nikki Haley basically repeat what I said the other day. Did you hear this, Mr. Producer? She said the communist Chinese are preparing for war. Wow, that was a light bulb that went off. Haven't I said that for like a year? And longer when you go to Blaze. Yes, the communist Chinese. Did you actually say what you meant? She was in Did you actually say what you meant? Well, yes, I, I did say what I meant. And I think it's good that she said that because it's true. Sound the alarms. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Welcome back, America. It's a pleasure to have with us for the first time, Carrie Lake. You know, they try to destroy Carrie Lake's reputation. That would be the media, as they do every conservative's reputation. So that means nothing to me or nothing to us here. Um, they just go down the line and try and uh, destroy what people have built over a course of time in their careers. And whatever you do, don't challenge them. Don't challenge them politically. Don't challenge them legally. Even if you hire lawyers, you go into court, you're upfront about it, you know, and, uh, and you make your case and so forth. And you're not allowed to do that. Otherwise, you're an election denier and you're interfering with them. And so we have Carrie Lake with us. How are you, Carrie Lake? <laughs> I'm doing well. I know. I'm Actually, if you've got enemies at this moment in history, you're probably doing the right thing. Yeah. And the people they fight the most are the ones that are right over the target. And that's people like you and me and President Trump and a whole bunch of others. And so um, I'm undeterred, undeterred. Thank you for having me on, by the way. I'm so excited. It's a pleasure. Now, you've written a book. Tell us about it. I'm actually here in Scottsdale at a book signing. It's called Unafraid. You know how most politicians write a book, their consultants put it together, and they're doing it because they're running for something. Um, That's just the opposite of how this book came about. This book came about after the corrupt individuals who run our elections like a banana republic in Arizona stole our victory. And I was in a pretty dark place, and I had a couple of, um, of, you know, publishers reach out and say, we want you to write a book. And I'm thinking, I don't know if you want me to write a book. I'm in a dark place right now. This might be a Mm -hmm. Stephen King horror book. Um, But I I decided to do it because I think the story is worth telling, how you can come from nothing like I did, you know, rural Iowa, youngest of nine, uh, worked my way to everything I got in life, worked my way to achieve, and somehow found myself through the grace of God in the middle of the political world at this consequential time. And so it's a book about how I ended up there, um, where we go from, from here, how we keep this America first movement going beyond this generation, because I believe that America first and what president Trump has brought on. And it, and frankly, it was brought on also by Reagan and Goldwater. It is the only way out of the mess that the political elite have gotten us into. So it's a, it's a little bit memoir, a little bit political, it's a little bit suspense, it's a little bit history, and a little bit true crime story all wrapped up in one. And I'm really proud of it. Everyone who's read it said, oh my gosh, it's a page turner. I had no idea. And I don't hold anything back. I mean, mm-hmm. there's punches that need to be thrown right now, Mark, and I, and I throw them. And let me just say something to the audience, and I know my audience knows it, but for beyond even... 
Carrie Lake isn't the caricature that the media create every day. She's not that person. She is who she is. She's not who they, who they create a fiction figure, who they mm-hmm. beat up on all the time, like some kind of conspiracy nut or election denier and so forth. That's what they are. And they do it every day. And they do it all the time. Right. You decided to run for office. You decided now was your time because you're concerned about the future of the country. You gave up your career. You put together yeah. a very strong campaign. You raised a lot of money. You were everywhere. The pollsters told you that you were in very good shape. Then election day comes. And you lose. And you raise questions mm-hmm. about it. And there were questions raised about what was going on in Maricopa County. Let's face it, if you don't win Maricopa County, you can't really win. That's Phoenix yep. in the environment, in the, in, the, in the metropolitan area there. And so, uh, honest to God, it's not like the Democrats have always played by the rules. And so you hire lawyers to challenge them. The lawyers are attacked. The lawyers have filings filed against them. People want them removed and discredited. This is what's going on today in this country, isn't it, Carrie Lake? Yeah, because they know our cases are strong. They know what they've done is wrong. They know they're rigging elections. And, you know, nobody wanted to talk about 2020. You got canceled if you talked about it. And when I got into the race as a regular citizen who truly was recruited by the people of Arizona, when I walked away from my career, I walked away from a seven-figure contract. And the people were so moved by that courageous act that they said, would you please run for office? And, you know... Uh, maybe there was a bit uh, of a, a bit naive. I thought that's what we're supposed to do. As found, our founding fathers expected citizens to step forward. And I did. And the swamp reached up and they attacked me uh, un, you know, relentlessly for 525 days. But I said, I don't care what they say. We've got the people with us and we're going to give the government back to the people. And they're so afraid of my number one policy, which is on day one, we're going to call it what it is at that border. It's an invasion and we're going to take back the security of our border using Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the Constitution. I have the boldest, most aggressive border policy. And I believe that the powers that be, the political elite, said, oh, my gosh, we cannot have this woman doing that because they're in on all of the shenanigans at the border. And they, um, they just right in broad daylight took this election. They rolled out broken equipment. They knew it was not going to work because it had been programmed not to work. And they rolled it out on Election Day, knowing that 75% of the people voting on Election Day were voting for me. And they rolled it out, and they printed the wrong ballots intentionally. That They would jam the machines. It's outrageous what they did. And they wanted me to just walk away and not fight this. You know, we've been doing that for too long, where we back down from a fight. Sometimes you've got to stand up and fight back and throw the punches even harder. And that's what I'm doing. And, and we went through the court system. We have incredible evidence on our side. Unlike the media saying there is no evidence, there's a ton of evidence. And we're fighting and we're going to appeal it. We're on the verge right now of appealing it. And I'm not going to stop. I'm going to try to get this into the Supreme Court. Because if we do not secure our elections, Mark, our country's gone. Our mm-hmm. country's gone. I mean, this is the same party. We have a federal judge on Independence Day who issues a decision in Louisiana who gives a chapter and verse about censorship by the Biden administration working with big uh, social media, the oligarchs, volume after volume, after, and the same people who attack you are attacking that judge now. Now, these are facts what the judge put out there. 
thank goodness for uh, for for Elon Musk and others with Twitter and so forth. So it's you, right. it's Trump, it's 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 DeSantis's wife, it's uh, it's Elon Musk, it's this, it's that. At some point, at some point, it is they who have to be treated for the fools that they are, right? I pray, I pray, and I, you know, first we have to start getting our freedom of speech back, and I'm so thankful for this judge for doing the right thing. And, you know, frankly, the guy, one of the guys running our elections in Maricopa County, sadly, Mark, I hate to tell you, he's got an R behind his name. He's a rhino Republican. Um, He is, in a way, I don't want to say implicated, but touched by this this freedom of speech, this First Amendment ruling that came down on on the 4th of July. He was involved in in some of these groups that were defendants here. He was involved in a censorship program to shut people up who dared to question the criminality and the corruption in our elections. It's our duty as Americans. Why not just let people speak, present their evidence, get in front of honest judges, and let the chips fall where they may? Carrie Lake, don't hang up. The book is Unafraid, Just Getting Started. You can go to Amazon.com or CarrieLake.com. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Carrie Lake is our guest. The book is Unafraid. Just getting started. It's a fantastic book, folks. Get it at Amazon.com. And uh, she's a very courageous lady. And we haven't heard the last of her. So you mentioned you went through a pretty dark period there for a while. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Because a lot of people do, and they give up. But you obviously decided to take a different path been, you know, sounding the alarm about, you know, the need to reform our elections to make them fair. Look, I don't want any, I don't want the elections to sway one way or the other. I want them to be fair. So even the most liberal Democrat knows that his or her one legal vote counts and that most conservative Republican knows the same and everybody in between. It's not that way. So when I've been sounding the alarm and talking about it only to be, you know, you know, criticized, the media attacking me, and then to have it happen in a way that was so egregious, it was highway robbery right in front of our faces, they, almost as if they were laughing, like, yeah, we're going to steal the elections, and what are you going to do about it? And they wanted us to back down, and I just, you know, I had 525 days on the campaign trail giving everything I had, the people, the movement with us, and it hurt me personally, but I, I was in more pain for the people of Arizona who would stop me and say, you've got to fight this, Carrie. If you don't, we can't. If the candidate backs down and says, well, I'll just give it a shot the next time. How can we, the voter, get anybody 
to listen to us. So I was feeling more pain for the voters and the people of Arizona, and I decided to hire attorneys and get investigators and put a case together. And it was dark because I just thought, how could these people that are also fellow Arizonans run these elections this way and live with themselves? How do they look themselves in the mirror? So that was the dark part. But, you know, the great thing is, Mark, I, I just I, I believe so much in God, and I believe that God wants to wake people up as to what's really going on in this world. And we are waking people up. People are so, if they think that people are laying down right now and saying, licking their wounds, well, we're just going to go away. No, it's just the opposite. They've awoken a sleeping giant. It's moms and dads and frankly, pissed off Americans. And these are people who haven't even been involved in politics and they are going to show up in 24. They won't be able to print enough phony ballots they will not be able to stop us in 24. And I don't want people to lose that passion. I haven't. We're, we're, we're closer right now, Mark, to saving our country and getting it back than we've ever been. We're closer than we were yesterday, than we were three months ago, than we were a year ago. And I have not lost any faith in this country. The foundation that our founders put forth, that Constitution, is still there. The house that's built, that's built on it is pretty rotten, the federal government. And we've got to tear that down and start over. The book is Unafraid, Just Getting Started, and it's a fantastic book. You can get it on Amazon.com. I encourage you to read it, and you'll get a really uh, a interesting, compelling, intriguing understanding of Carrie Lake and who she is, not through the, uh, the radical Democrat mouthpieces. I mean, <clears throat> they put 41 spies up the Biden campaign to claim that the laptop was a Russian uh, trick, they pushed this whole Russia collusion, which we now know was a complete conspiracy by Obama, Biden, and their people. They denied that the Hunter laptop even exists. They, they covered it up. The FISA application process, you see what they did there. They spied on Trump's campaign, and then they're amazed when we say, hey, we think there may have been some election issues. Or what are you, a denier? What are you? What are you? They control the media, they control the culture, and you really got to duke it out with them to break through. And I want to ask you this, Carrie Lake. How much support, when you were nominated, during your campaign, subsequent to the campaign, <coughs> excuse me, did you get from Mitch McConnell? Well, I wasn't running for Senate, so I didn't really have any interaction with him. You know, and, and the RNC wasn't really there, but they, then when I said, where were you guys? They said, well, we really support federal candidates. I will say Kelly Ward, who was in charge of Can the Can I AGC, just stop you one would, second? One yeah. second. Does the governor not get involved in the redistricting or districting of congressional seats? Yeah, yes. you're right. The governor does. You're right. So, 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 so I don't understand why the RNC was playing stupid. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I never I grew up. I call it the red pill generation. I'm Generation X between the baby boomers and Gen Z. And I never I came the youngest of nine. I never expected a handout. So when I got into politics, I never expected anybody to help me. And I spoke to the people and the people were with me. And I never expected a handout from the AZ GOP, the RNC, Mitch McConnell, I just said, we have the best policies. They're putting it Arizona first. We're going to secure the border. We're going to do common sense policies here. And I didn't feel like, you know, needed to, to beg for their help. If they wanted to help, they could have. But we were fine without them. Our, our internal polling showed us up 10, 12 points. But we still 
fought every day of that campaign, even though our internal polling, that's the good stuff, the real stuff, said you're up 10 to 12 points. We still sprinted across that finish line. I wasn't going to leave anything to chance. And, um, and the people are with us, and the people are crestfallen. There, there's a, there was a pallor over the state of Arizona. They're just shocked that they have this drip who couldn't even communicate. She had no policy. She didn't show up. She didn't debate. She was the female version of John Fetterman and Joe Biden. And I'm here to tell America, if we don't get serious about reforming our elections so that they're fair and honest, we're going to get a mm -hmm. thousand more John Fetterman's, Katie Hobbs, and Joe Biden's. And that's going to be our future. And so this is our time to stand up. We have 14 months to stand up and say, no, we want and we demand honest elections. Or, or we're, we're doomed as a country. And I'm going to be leading the charge. I'm happy to do it. I take this, um, this battle and this fight on with with gladness. I'm just thrilled that God put me here right now. I was raised to be a fighter and I'm not going to, I'm not letting this country go, Mark, this mm -hmm. country that 247 years ago, 56 brave men signed their death warrant. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have this country fall on my watch, on my generation's watch. And I'm going to do everything I can and to, to stand up and fight for it. And so that's where we are. I don't care what the media says. I know you feel the same way. They can call me names all day, and they're on a mission right now to try to bring me down because I'm right over the target. The media is irrelevant. The fake news media is irrelevant. And they can scream from the mountaintops and call me all kinds of names, but we've got a year and four months, and I'm going to use every day to, uh, to fight to turn this, to right this ship. And that's why I'm for President Trump. I think he's the only man who can turn this around right now. These other people are, they're not serious they're not, they, I don't like the people who are behind them. President Trump is with we the people. And he's got great policies. And I like that he's a fighter. All right, Carrie, like, thank you so much. The book is Unafraid, uh, just getting started. You can get it on Amazon.com. It's a great book. And rather than think you know about Carrie Lake, read about her. You're going to be enormously impressed. Forget about the it's media. A page it's a page, a page turner. turner. There you go. You might be up all night. If you're up all night, don't blame me. I'm up all night anyway. I can't go to sleep. Anyway, that's a whole <laughs> other story. You and me. All right. <coughs> Carrie, thank, thank you, you. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. A very nice lady. Very good lady. And I wanted to have her on the program. She's never been on the program. Uh, because... You need to get to know these people, not be told about these people, know these people, rather than rolling your eyes. Uh, no, check them out. That's what makes us conservatives. That's what makes us patriots. That's what makes us independent and smart. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mr. Producer received an inquiry from somebody named A.J. McDougall, I believe it's Amanda, from the Daily Bestiality, which of course has always treated this program fairly, as it has treated most conservatives fairly, no? And A.J. wants to know something that I've only discussed here, what, now, all day? She says here, hi, I hope you're doing well. My name is A.J. McDougall, and I'm a reporter with the Daily Beast, a.k.a. bestiality. I'm reaching out regarding Mark R. Levin and a claim he's made about his forthcoming book. On Wednesday, Mr. Levin tweeted that 
Target had reached out to Simon & Schuster to tell your team that it would not be carrying the Democrat Party Hates America because, quote, certain customers might be offended by the title. However, a spokesperson for Target told me today that the company was and still is offering the book for pre-sale, though, quote, the use of the word hate in the title caused our team to reach out to the publisher. Are you able to confirm or comment on this matter? Any light you can shed on the situation would be greatly appreciated. We're hoping to publish a story on this tonight or early tomorrow. So it'd be great to hear back from you as soon as possible. Thanks very much for your time, and I hope to hear from you. You're A.J. McDougall. Where have you been all day? You not read the Washington Examiner? Media Research Center? Fox Digital? You're way behind the story, Missy. The message I received was, and I will quote, Target has elected not to carry the Democrat Party Hates America in stores, stating that, quote, the title is polarizing and they want to be sensitive to all their guests. They will, however, make it available on Target.com. Target had no intention of carrying the book in its stores. It's a retail store. People don't go to Target.com to purchase books. My concern here is if Target wants to take sides and be a Democrat Party corporation, it is certainly free to do so. I believe in market capitalism. If Target wants to do it, or Budweiser has a view, or BlackRock has a view, go for it, baby. But market capitalism applies to the rest of us, too. That is the consumer. And so that information was passed along to my audience in very public ways, known to the whole world, both on these airwaves and on social media. Target earlier today put out a statement, ladies and gentlemen, where they tried to make it seem like, look, we've always promoted Mark's book. Look, we're... But in that statement, they didn't tell the public that they told Simon & Schuster that they would not put the book in their stores. Today, Target reversed course and said they would. Now, I hope A.J. McDougall, if that is your name, Amanda, I hope you and your employer at the Daily Beast Gialli for once will get your facts straight, run a real story, and not be the putzes that you usually are. Feel free to quote every single thing I just said. It's on record anyway. You can get it on our website. We have four years of worth, my, worth of my comments there for anybody who wishes to go into the archives. You're the breaking news reporter, A.J. McDougall. So get it straight. We'll be looking at it tomorrow. And we will, of course, be reporting to millions and millions of people. I'm sure you're very jealous of that. See, there was no reason whatsoever for Target to contact my publisher unless Target was planning on doing something. Target doesn't have to contact Simon & Schuster or anybody else and say, oh, by the way, we'll be carrying your book and it'll be on the store shelves and 
on Target.com. There's nothing particularly newsworthy about that. No, they were offended by the title. Or they projected that customers or some would be offended by the title. So if you're going to be offended by the title, what are you going to do about it? And they said what they were going to do about it. They were going to place no orders for the book in the retail store. Now, they did that on their own. They let us know. And what has the Daily Bestiality and the other Democrat Party state-run media upset is that Target has reversed course, and that's thanks to you. We don't have to lead any boycott here. It's called the market system. And no matter what this little website has to say, or any of the big websites have to say, or any of the other media corporatists have to say, we're going to plow ahead. We believe in free speech. We are against censorship. If somebody wrote a book saying the Republican Party hates America, go for it. I might even read it so I can counter it and explain it. Although I might agree with parts of it too, by the way. That would be fascinating. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We salute our truckers and the men and women, the freedom fighters in Ukraine and Taiwan, and you, the great patriots out there. We shall overcome. Give hope a chance. Peace in our time. I'll see you tomorrow.